Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, alongside me as usual, CFP, Allison DeBrill. Together we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Allison and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979, or don't forget that area code, 757-627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our clients' interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m., and that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area that we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 757-627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products, life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401K, 43B, TSP, 457, IRA, Roth IRA, mortgage options, social security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance we are here to discuss tonight. 757-627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. Uh, happy International Chocolate Day. Oh, Did you know about that? Well, there, there is a day for everything, and uh-huh. uh, I'm surprised you weren't celebrating it throughout the entire day. I have been a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. really? A little I bit didn't here notice and there. It. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I was for some reason I was looking up like what today is, and there were like 15 different things yeah. being celebrated today. So there is something for everyone, but I chose. I'm choosing to celebrate International Chocolate Day today. All right. Well, hopefully you're choosing the International <laughs> Dark Chocolate. Oh, to I clear am. Out of that, that bitter. <laughs> dark chocolate out of the office candy dish. Yes, Kevin and I disagree. So that's it's the perfect partnership because I'm the dark chocolate eater, he's the milk chocolate eater, and we don't interfere with each other no, at all. Right, right. <laughs> we, we all have our chocolate preferences. <laughs> right. All right. Well, if you heard the promos for the show today, you might be expecting us to talk about general uh, rules of thumb for retirees, and we are going to get to that. But first, we wanted to touch on a couple hot topics that we've been getting a lot of questions on recently, the first of which is I-bonds. Everyone wants to know about I-bonds. Should they be moving money into I-bonds? What are 
the rules and terms of I-bonds and does it make sense? So we thought we'd give a rundown of what I-bonds are and how they work and if they should be for you. Yeah, they're getting a lot of attention because with the increase in inflation, so has gone the increase in the interest rates on I-bonds. And those um, issued most recently from May through October 22nd are paying a 9.62% annual rate of interest. So that's a juicy number if it can be maintained and if you can uh, you know lock that in with a significant portion of your money then it is appealing so that's why it's starting to garner a fair amount of attention mm-hmm. right so i bonds do earn interest that does fluctuate based on inflation but it's not quite that simple part of the interest rate is fixed so when your bond is issued there's a fixed rate in fact bonds that were issued in the last set I guess, for lack of a better word, their fixed rate was zero. So that's not very attractive. Mm -hmm. But the second part of the interest rate is the part that adjusts every six months based on inflation. And that's where you saw that 9.62%. So know that if you're going to purchase an I-bond, part of your rate is fixed and part of it is going to go up and down every six months based on CPI. Yeah, the consumer price index, which is essentially a, a main measure of the inflation rate in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the so when you earn interest on an I bond, you earn it monthly, but it is not something that's paid out to you. So it just accrues. It's added to the bond's principal value. And then when you cash the bond in or once it reaches maturity, which is um, after 30. 30 years. Thank you. 30 years. That's when you would accrue the interest. And it is taxable for the most part at a federal level but not taxed at a state or local level. So that's one of the benefits, that the interest is free from state and local income tax, but you do still have to pay federal tax once the bond matures or once you cash it in. And there are some notable limitations. Uh, So the first and the biggest being you can only purchase $10,000 of I-bonds per person per year. Uh, with a little caveat, you can get another $5,000 if you um, use your tax refund to purchase uh, I-bond. So at max, $15,000 per year. Not a huge amount of money uh, for most um, for most long-term investors. Um, and also, you have to hold it at least a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot redeem an I-bond in the first year, and you, if you cash it in before five years, then there's a small penalty. You forfeit the most recent three months of interest. So generally speaking, um, they're relatively low in value that you can purchase them, and there are some uh, restrictions on when you can get your money back. So they don't exactly work like an emergency fund. I wouldn't say I-bonds would be a good good substitute for that at this point. Maybe a complement to them could help a little bit. But given those limitations, they aren't quite as exciting as they initially sound. One other interest 
interesting fact about I-bonds that appeals to a lot of people is that they can be used to pay for certain higher education expenses. And if you do that, then the interest is federal tax-free. Well, that there's a caveat to that. There are some rules and stipulations around that. It can only be for you or your spouse or your dependents. So it doesn't extend to grandchildren. You can't just gift it to, to friends or family. It's only you or your dependents. And there are some age restrictions and some income restrictions. So it's not a, a fail-safe strategy. Yeah, like other government bonds, uh, if you use them for qualified higher educational expenses, um, you can save some taxes on the interest, but you have to fit into a relatively confined box uh, in order for that to be the case in terms of your income, the uh, length of time that you've uh, held the bonds, and the age of the of the person you're um, using the bonds for, and so forth. All right, we're going to uh, pause right here, take a short break. Steve in Virginia Beach, we see you. Hang on through the break. We're going to get to you right after. Uh, anyone else want to jump in on the conversation? 757 627 7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Debril, I'm CFP Kevin Zipna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. All right. Tonight we are talking about uh, I-bonds. We're going to talk about some general uh, rules of thumb in the financial planning industry to help uh, get you, give you some general guidance and get you pointed in the right direction. But first, we're going to go out to Virginia Beach and speak with Steve. Good evening, Steve. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks for holding. Hi. Thanks for uh, giving me your, uh, your wife's uh, advice. So I'm getting close to retirement age. And I hope that my situation isn't too complex to, to fit into the show's parameters, but uh, I have uh, I've been a relatively medium to high earning professional for my whole career. Um, going to be 64 pretty soon. Uh, I cashed in a lot of my long-term investments in order to buy a house with my new wife recently. Uh, I was remarried uh, a while ago recently. And uh, I think that was smart because I got out of the market at a perfect time. <laughs> but now, um, you know, house house rich, cash poor, and trying to figure out how to retire uh, eventually, maybe in five years. Uh, so, Steve, did you pay 100% cash for the house, no mortgage? No, we do have mortgage. Um, we got a pretty good rate, and uh, we intend to probably, after retiring, move elsewhere. But that, as I say, is about five years away. Okay. What the house? And what rate do you on. have on the mortgage? Uh, Two point nine. Yeah, that is fantastic. Is it a thirty-year fixed, or what are the terms? Yeah, it's a thirty-year fixed. It's a expensive house in a good neighborhood, so mm. uh, you know, probably won't go up a whole lot. But it should only go up, uh, and uh, we'll make some money on it. Mm. 
Are you just making the minimum payment? Are you paying any extra? And so that was part of my question. I've been told that if we make uh, two payments a month, not necessarily extra, but two payments a month, that lowers the average monthly um, balance and therefore gets us uh, more movement sooner. And of course, if, if we would, if we get some additional money, uh, putting additional payment there might, might be an option. I also have a business I'll be selling relatively soon. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and then your general question is now that you've done this, like, where do you go from here? How do you set yourself up for retirement? Essentially, what, what are you going to live on after your income stops? Is that fair? Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have a small retirement from the armed services, but it's from a reserve retirement, so it's not that much. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I but I do have health care covered that way, and uh, I have uh, some long term disability benefits that way. I'll have Tricare for life relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. So you got that covered. All right. Well, you yeah. you bring up a a, a great point. Uh, we hear um, about this a lot on the show. We talk to our clients about it a lot. Um, like, what do you do when you purchase a house? So, generally speaking, when you can borrow at very low interest rates, which two point nine percent is a what we could consider a historically low. Uh, mortgage interest rate, when you can borrow at rates that low, 3%, then typically what you want to do, if you're looking to maximize your net worth and provide the most um, flexibility for yourself going forward, um, you you don't want to put all that money down on the house. You'd like to put the minimum down payment down and take as much as the bank will lend to you and stretch it out over 30 years, take as long as possible to pay it back and leave the rest of your money uh, at work, hopefully earning higher rates of return over the long term um, through mainstream equities and investments. So you, you've you've kind of done the opposite here, which is not the worst thing in the world. It's just going to require now a little bit more of a reset. And you express the problem pretty well. And you're like, well, now you're house rich, but cash poor. And we like to say you can't eat your house. You know, so a couple options for you here says you said that you're going to looks like you're going to move at retirement. Um, So you're going to probably are you going to sell the house at that point in time? Are you going to keep the house in Virginia Beach? We'll plan to sell it and downside somewhere. Okay, selling of the house and also selling of the business that you have an have an opportunity to do. That's going to provide a fair amount of liquidity at that point. So you have that option when the time comes. If for some reason that timetable didn't work out, then it might be time to pull a little bit bit of cash that you put into the house out of the house. And you can do that through conventional measures like refinancing that mortgage, although you're probably not going to get 2.9% now if you refinance, so be careful there. Uh, Home equity lines of credit that you can open up and draw on only as necessary. Those are going to be variable rate uh, loans typically, so um, you have to determine rates, uh, what rates are at that point in time. Or there's um, 
a reverse mortgage, which you may qualify for. And nowadays, we think uh, most reverse mortgages uh, are a good financial planning tool, allows you to extract equity out of your house, liquidate portion of that illiquid asset of the house, and then put money into your bank account and allow you to live off it and spend spend some of it. So those are just some of the options you have at your disposal. And of course, as you're working and as your soon-to-be new wife is working, you still have the opportunity to save, invest, build up the bank account, build up investment accounts, and use the time that you have to create additional liquidity. Uh, were some of those ideas helpful? Yes, I, I was going to specifically ask about reverse mortgages, but you mentioned that. So, um, excellent. And I'll ask my, I'll recommend that my kids go get some of those I-bonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, guys. Thank you very much. That was right. helpful. Okay, Steve, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 757-627-7979. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, we'd love to hear from you. Right now we're going to hear from Sean down in Moyock, North Carolina. Good evening, Sean. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great. Excuse me. Yeah, I just got a question on, you know, reducing tax obligation. My wife, I'm 58. Um, my wife and I both do well. We work for a government contractor. Kids are grown. Um, our house is almost paid off. Uh, but we still file, you know, our best bet is the uh, standard deduction, you know, CPA doing my taxes. But every year, my taxes, it just gets worse and worse and worse. It's like ridiculous. You know, it's astronomical the amount of taxes I pay. And I can't, I'm just trying to, you know, we thought about it one time buying another house, you know, to try and, you know, maybe rent it or do something to offset that. But even that's, you know, from what I can tell, that's, you know, can be risky too. So I just kind of don't know where to go. We've saved a lot of money. We're very conservative and we've just, uh, we're kind of set up for retirement, but I just wish there was something we could do. You know, we keep getting raises and it seems like, you know, well, you know, it's, it's, right. it's, it's, we just, well, we, every year, every year it's like I pre-plan, take more out of my paycheck, and then I still get a tax bill at the end. Yeah, the more, the more you make, the more they take. That's, know, that's uh, baked into tell. the tax code. That's what the CPA says. Well, that's good news, that's, <laughs> right. I guess. But. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we only got a couple minutes before the break, so we'll try to get a little bit uh out here, and if we can't get all in, we'll we'll come back after the break. Um, uh, Sean, you got uh, access to company-sponsored retirement plans. You and your wife. Yeah, we both we invest in our company. We both, you know, have put away like sixteen percent. We both get matches. Um, right now, we're probably looking at seventy-five percent of our income, current income after retirement. I got about eight, you know, nine years worth to work yet. Mm-hmm. We're both healthy and. Are you con- are you considered self-employed contractors? Or are you employees of a no, contracting oh no, no. firm? Okay, I didn't know, got it. I didn't want to say. I don't know if you want me to say who. It's you no, know, no, big it's defense. Okay. No, with yeah. two different ones, but okay. defense, big defense contract. So you have access to a four hundred one k plan. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, are you maximizing? You said you're giving 16%. The maximum contribution you can add to a 401k plan this year, if you're over age 50, is uh, $26,000. So are you both adding $26,000? Not at this time. I've been trying to, you know, 
go out right and buy company stock and same with my wife they sell it to us at a discount okay all right sean we're gonna have to take a break here for the news we're gonna be uh, right back in a few minutes if you can hang on through that that'd be great otherwise we'll pick up where we left off she's allison i'm kevin you're listening to dollars and common sense on am 790 wnis And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. I want to remind everybody, our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, September 27th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, then you can get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen on your own schedule. And for those of you who are into social media, we are on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can search for Wealthway Financial Advisors. Hit that old like button, and we will be friends. All right, tonight we're talking about. Uh, well, we're taking calls. We're taking we're, calls. Yeah, yeah, we're taking calls, good. and we're not uh, we're not getting to all our material yet. We were talking to Sean in Moyoc. Sean, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, great. Uh, Sean's asking what he. Sean's paying too much in taxes, everybody, and he, and he can't Amen. take it. He can't take <laughs> it anymore. So, what, what can you do? So, one of the things he can do. Yeah, Sean, we were talking before the break that you can. It sounds like you can take advantage of your company-sponsored retirement plan um, by contributing. And I had said twenty-six thousand dollars, but it's actually twenty-seven thousand dollars a year now. Twenty-seven thousand dollars that can be sheltered from tax by you and your spouse so that's that if you're not doing that that's fifty four thousand dollars that would come off the top of your taxable income right would reduce your taxable income and then therefore reduce the amount of tax that you pay yeah every year we kind of they get a calculator on our thing and we kind of balance between putting it towards an ira and you know kind of whatever works best but i know i'm not maxed out at that level Mm mm-hmm now, are you talking about your company-sponsored retirement plan, or are you doing IRA contributions? Because they're two different uh, things. Both. I, do, oh, I do both through the uh, company plan, and so does my wife. So you do a Roth IRA, a Roth 401k? Rob, sorry, a Roth. We do a Roth. Roth 401k. 401k. Yeah. Got so it. So not okay, an okay. IRA. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, not an IRA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, do you have... I mean, what percentage of your retirement savings is pre-tax versus Roth? Do you have any idea? Do you have a decent-sized Roth bucket? It's getting there. I would say it's probably about 25% is okay. in Roth. That's pretty good then. 
Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea to try to balance the pre-tax and the after-tax to have both buckets to pull from in retirement. That will give you flexibility. But you should take a look at what you think your tax bracket will be in retirement. If you guys are in your peak earning years right now, it's oftentimes the case where we see clients drop into lower tax brackets in retirement, which would argue for more pre-tax contributions today. Right, that's and that's where I'm, that's where we're heading. I, I'm mm-hmm. further ahead than I thought I was going to be at this age, so, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, I guess. But I just don't want to get caught off guard when it comes time to <laughs> comes times for retirement, still be paying you know massive tax bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we like the tax diversification that you get from the pre-tax contributions in the four hundred one k and the after-tax contributions to the Roth. Uh, 401k that does give you flexibility on the back end so when this money uh, needs to come out in retirement whether voluntarily or through required minimum distributions you have the ability to a little bit manage your tax bracket a little bit in retirement it's not uncommon for people who do a really good job of saving in their company retirement plan where their required minimum distributions that start to kick in at age 72 can actually boost them into a higher tax bracket at that point in time. Now, who knows what tax brackets, tax rates are going to be 10, 20 years into the future. They're almost certainly going to be different than they are today, so it makes it very difficult to plan for. But if you can get your tax break today, for most people, that's when you should take it. And it sounds like, if, you know, if you but well, well, let me say this because I don't because I don't want you just to cram all that money into your uh, pre-tax four hundred one k at the expense of the Roth. You know, at the end of the day, what you're what you should be trying to do, what most people try to do, is build their net worth. Okay, that means saving okay. and investing. It is a consequence of building your net worth that you're going to have to pay some tax, and the more income you make, or the more income that you generate through investments. Um, and so forth, the more tax you're going to have to pay. Yes, there are some strategies that you can employ to try to minimize that, but one of the one of the problems that we see, and we get this a lot from CPAs and tax preparers, they are hyper-tax focused, and so they look at the problem in a vacuum, and they just give their clients strategies to lower their tax bill, but it also comes at the expense of lowering their net worth, which is... Not the point. We grow our net worth to have more assets to be able to enhance our quality of life, not just to lower our tax bill. So, you know, maybe if you look at it philosophically through that lens, it makes it a little bit more palatable. Yeah, and I think going back to what you mentioned, you'd considered, you know, buying real estate to try to get additional deductions. That's another example of what Kevin's talking about, that we you would only want to buy real estate first and foremost if you had a true desire to have a second home or a rental property, which comes with a whole host of other issues and does not necessarily mean your taxes will go down. So we wouldn't recommend making a big decision like that just for tax purposes. Okay. Was that helpful? Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I probably need to call you guys. It's probably what I need to do. Okay. 
All right, Sean. Well, thanks for the call. You can uh, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. We got all our contact information up there, our phone number, addresses, or you can reach out to us via email uh, if you want. First step with us is always uh, we'll, we'll mail you an information packet. tells you everything you need to know about us, our philosophy, our investment philosophy, our, our core values, um, what we, how we work with clients, and then you can help determine whether we're a fit, and then we set an initial appointment after that. So thanks for that call, Sean. 757-627-7979. If you've got a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines, give us a call. All right. Well, we, work, we wanted to, to kick off um, the topic of general rule of thumbs for retirement, but it's not actually what... We may have advertised. It's rule of thumbs that you want to be cautious of or think twice about. Now, I, like everyone else, like a real good rule of thumb. Just tell me what to do. I will do it, and I won't have to think about it anymore. Black and white. I love it. But rules of thumb are inherently (laughs) not black and white. Right. And nothing is black and white in retirement planning. When it comes to financial planning, almost nothing is. There are no hard and fast rules Mm -mm. when it comes to individualized financial planning. Right. Almost everything is a... It depends. Mm -hmm. It's part art and part science. We always say that, part science, part art. But I would add it's part human, too, which Mm -hmm. makes it completely unpredictable. And a strategy may be most advantageous from a financial standpoint, but if you can't implement it properly or it's not going to work for you from an emotional standpoint, then it's not the best strategy. So we have to balance all of those things. And tonight we wanted to talk about some really popular rules of thumb that you've probably heard and talk about why they may or may not be advantageous for you. And we'll kick things off with the very first rule of thumb, that 60-40 portfolio. Mm. 60% stocks, 40% bonds, um, historically, the traditional retirement portfolio that uh, the industry has sort of anecdotally um, come to a conclusion on is the appropriate asset allocation mix. I will say specifically, we have rejected the 60-40 portfolio. Uh, we have rejected it for, well, almost since the firm's inception, probably over 20 years um, uh, way back when, we may have had a few clients hover around 60, 40, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, but that was probably more so due to co- coincidence than anything. Uh, we are firm believers that the 60, 40 portfolio is antiquated, out of date, uh, no longer applicable, relevant to good, solid retirement planning. So, uh, you might read articles about the 60-40 portfolio, especially this year. It has dramatically, wildly underperformed its expectations. Bonds have been down every bit, if not more, than stocks. Um, we've been saying that for at least five, maybe ten years, that bonds are not going to be the hedge against volatility, uh, the volatility of equities uh, going forward than they have been for the previous 30 years. We've been telling anyone who would listen on this show, our clients, 
bonds are not going to be the panacea coming out of a low interest rate environment, and that has proven to be correct so far in 2022. So 60-40 portfolio, I think that's antiquated, outdated, and probably for most people, if you do your planning properly, um, going to lower your return probability going forward. Is that enough for you? <laughs> oh, I can I can add to that. <laughs> if, if if we haven't convinced you yet, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are concerned with reducing risk, reducing. I'm using quotation marks. You can't see me. Reducing mm-hmm. short term risk. Well, the real risk is underperforming over a very long period of time because mm-hmm. that is what's going to cause you to outlive your money. Mm-hmm. Is is losing that rate of return over the long run. And I think um, if you think about bonds in instead of as an investment, remember they're a loan. I think this is a good way of thinking about it. A bond is a loan. So when you invest in bond in a bond, when interest rates are low, you're going to basically hand over all your money and earn very little in return. And with our current inflation environment and current interest rates, your your dollars are going to end up being worth less than if you just invested for long-term growth in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there are there's more to portfolio construction than just uh, you know how old you are and and your time constraints until retirement. There's what what kind of income do you need in retirement and what kind of growth do you need on your portfolio to get you there and to outpace inflation that's really what should be planned for all right we're going to pause here for our last break of the segment bill up in williamsburg we see you if you can hang on through the break we will get to you right after we come back she's alice and i'm kevin you're listening to dollars and common sense on am 790 wnis And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you have more complicated, nuanced questions, you want to speak to a live human being, give us a call at the office, 757-456-2200. Next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, September 27th at 6 p.m. as usual. But in the meantime, if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday, get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen at your leisure. And we are on Facebook and LinkedIn, Wealthway Financial Advisors. All right. Tonight we're talking about retirement rules of thumb mm-hmm. and whether they are good for you or whether you should take a second look. 60-40 portfolio, I think you need to take a second look. Mm-hmm. Tied directly to that is the 4% rule of thumb. 
If you've done any research on retirement planning, you've probably come across this rule. It has been around for decades. It is based on the 60-40 portfolio. So that shoots a hole in that right away. Mm-hmm. The 4% rule states that with a 60-40% portfolio, you are likely to be able to withdraw 4% from the initial portfolio balance and increase that each year based on the annual inflation and you will have a high degree of certainty that your money will last for 30 years. So the key things were 60-40 portfolio, 4%, 30 years. Mm -hmm. So on a million dollar portfolio, you're looking at $40,000 worth of pre-tax income coming off of that portfolio and the probability is exceptionally high that your money will last at least 30 years if not potentially longer and over the course of your lifetime. So we need to st- – I have heard other commentators call this the 4% rule as if it is a hard and immutable fact. It is not. It is a ballpark number to get you into the arena of knowing about how much you can withdraw from a investment portfolio and ensure that it would – survive your retirement without fear of running out of money. But there are some qualifiers on, first off, the portfolio. It needs to be a well-managed, properly diversified, growth-oriented investment portfolio. That means primarily mainstream equities, not 60% equities, 40% bonds, more like 90, 10, or 100% equities over a long period of time. And that, if you manage it properly, will help allow the uh, income of the portfolio to be sustained over a 30-plus year period. Right. That research was done based on a 60-40 portfolio, which is why you're going to hear some experts these days back off saying, no, it's not 4%, it's probably closer to 3%. Well, that's because the 60-40 portfolio is not holding up anymore. And we're getting a little technical here. (laughs) Uh, So back to the big picture, I will say this, that uh, 4% is a good general rule of thumb to see if you're in the ballpark. But when we do our deep comprehensive financial planning based specifically on and and custom on our clients' lives, we often find that they can afford to spend more than 4% per year without fear of running out of of money. Um, That's that's what deep financial planning can do for you. It can take a general rule of thumb and improve upon it to help you enhance your quality of life without – fear with doing it with confidence and we have clients who can who are withdrawing five six percent per year and we have a high degree of confidence that they'll be able to maintain that throughout the rest of their life because we've done the planning around it further if you are have some discretion over how much you pull from your investment portfolio each year, meaning you don't need every dollar to live on. Some of it is like fun money. It's going to be for trips or for gifting or for charity. And if you have a good investment year, you might give more, take more trips. Um, But if you are in a down year, you're able to pull back and still maintain and support your basic comfortable lifestyle. So if you have that flexibility, then your annual withdrawal rate can 
potentially be even a little bit higher long term if you're able to rein it in at the appropriate time. But I can see how it would be um, scary to make those decisions without having a, a full financial plan and having a professional help you with that because you don't know if you're derailing. So, you know, a general rule of thumb, it's not a bad starting place, but a comprehensive financial plan, there's no substitute for a comprehensive financial plan. It can actually be so freeing for you where I think a lot of people are um, hesitant to go through the process because you got to you got to put all your skeletons out there. <laughs> but it can be so freeing once you get through the process. Well, it's a labor-intensive process for somebody. It's labor-intensive process for professionals like us. Mm -hmm. But that's why we don't do one with the other. We integrate the investment management with the financial planning. The investment management only gives you a rate of return. The rate of return doesn't tell you what you need to do about it. It doesn't tell you if you can spend more or if you need to spend less, if you can, uh, are you on track to retire when you want, or maybe you have to work two or three more years, or maybe you can work earlier, uh, leave work earlier. You know, investment management in a vacuum doesn't, is about 25% of the equation. 75% of what do we do now gets answered through deep analytical financial planning advice. And it still continues to stun me that, you know, 90% of the population invests because they know that that's important. Uh, well, 90% of the population who invests does just that because they know that it's important. Only a small percentage of people who invest actually take the next step and get financial planning analysis where that's where most of the value is and where most of the answers are. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all the time we have for today, but we will be back in two weeks on Tuesday, September 27th at 6 p.m. In the meantime, find out more about us. Look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. For Certified Financial Planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. <laughs>